The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. This is Shaken and Stirred. I'm Nigel Barker in New York, talking to my pal Tom Astor, the co-host of Shaken and Stirred in Oxford. And you're a little bit under the weather, you say? I'm a little bit under the weather. Good evening, Nigel. I am feeling not great. Yeah, I'm just, you know, does one go and get a test? Does one not? I don't know. I mean, it's not, you know, I'm not feeling 100%. Are you feeling a little perky, a little... No, not perky enough. Mm. Not perky enough, which is reflected in the cocktail I'm drinking. Oh, now what are you drinking? A hot toddy. So there you go. When one feels a little sick, one drinks a hot toddy. Exactly. And as long as one's not taking prescription medicines, one can put as much whiskey in it as one wants. <laughs> it's heavily laced. Whiskey, or you can use brandy, lemon, honey, hot water, to suit your taste, whichever measure. Do you shake it up in a hot water bottle? No, I don't. I stir it. It's stirred in a cup. Oh, my. Look at him. You literally are like my grandmother at this point. Yeah. It's like, mesidinal reasons, must have my whiskey. Well, there we go. Let's see if it works or not. Gosh, well, I need I'm, I'm feeling very, very perky, actually, on the other hand. What do you have? I'm drinking a very American drink, really. It's moonshine. But I did a <laughs> twist. I decided to get moonshine, the classic, which is obviously a whiskey-based drink without the oak cask, hence the clear color, a classic American drink. And I mixed it with fresh lime, cucumber, basil from the garden, basil for all the, uh, us English people. And um, I then used soda water, but in the form of a spindrift, a cucumber spindrift, which is a, a, basically a sparkling water with cucumber, which is one of my new faves. And it's utterly delicious. It's not what you imagine moonshine to taste like at all. It, it's very, very refreshing. And, uh, you know, almost like a soda, but, but with alcohol. Cheers. Cheers. Did you buy it in the woods? Did I buy it in the woods? Actually, it's called Luna, the actual name of the moonshine, Luna Eclipse. And it's, it's really quite delicious. It's, I've, I've not really been into moonshine for a long time because it's oftentimes neither here nor there for me. But this particular moonshine is quite smoky, also has like a vanilla essence to it as well. And apparently in, in the barrels, which they keep it in, I guess it's clear wood. So some of that comes out into it. So even though it's still clear, it still has a kind of a sense of a, I feel the whiskey in it. So it's really quite nice, if you ask me. A real fan favorite for me. Look, we've got a little bit of booze news to get to before we get to our guests. And our guests are rather exciting today. We again, once again, we've got a couple. Now, I don't know if this is a thing or not, because recently we've been having couples on and it's, it, it changes the dynamic altogether. It makes you and I feel like a couple as a result, I think, Tom. Well, we may as well do, you know. <laughs> Waldorf and Astoria. <laughs> as booze news goes, there's a couple of things that are happening in the, in the booze world. Now, you're all familiar with, um, obviously, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's Miraval Rosé, but they've decided to jump into the champagne business too. And apparently, for the past five years, the Perrin family have been creating a rosé champagne because, and this is one of those canned responses that makes me laugh, because you sort of, Brad Pitt's talking about how he feels that there, there, you know, rosé champagne doesn't have its place and that there isn't enough of it. And, you know, he decided that he wanted to fill the gap in the market. And the thought of Brad Pitt really caring about the rosé champagne and whether there's enough in the world, just seems ridiculous to me. But anyway, apparently, you know, they've really thought about this champagne and it is a Chardonnay Pinot Noir mix and it is called 
Fleur de Miraval Rosé Champagne, and it is retailing at $390 a bottle. So it is definitely not your average bottle of champagne. Clearly going for a niche market. I would imagine setting himself up to create a cheaper line down the road, but wants to go really highbrow to prove that he's not like a lot of the other celebrities out there putting their name on perhaps a cheap tequila or a cheap wine or whatever, because there's a lot of celebrity wines and alcohols out there as we know. And so many of them, I think people in the business kind of look down their noses upon. So by taking it really highbrow, it kind of changes the, you know, the positioning quite a lot. Also, Kettle One have come out with something called Kettle One Botanical. It's a vodka spritz. And if you want like a sparkling pre-canned drinks with vodka, Kettle One specifically, with fruit juices. You know, these are everywhere. You can't get away from them. Everywhere I've been this year, this summer, I've seen kids drinking, and I say kids, young men, young ladies, drinking these sort of fruit juices with alcohol. Is it a way in? Probably, it's very easy for them to drink it. It's very, it's all pre-made. It, it kind of annoys me being someone who loves to make a, a cocktail because it's kind of like, here it is all done in a can and just go, you know, and it takes away from it. But I, I guess it's, a, it's an easy way to get people to enjoy vodka and, and not have to think about all the ways you can mix it. And finally, and this is my favorite bit of booze news, is that in San Francisco, during the pandemic and right now during quarantine, there is a, a nightclub in San Francisco called The Oasis. And they've been delivering food because they have a restaurant in this nightclub and cocktails to people who order them. And they have a drag act at the at nightclub. And they have had their drag queens go out and do the deliveries and sing and dance when they deliver the food and the cocktails. And they're called rather hilariously, Meals on Heels. Mm. So, you know, <laughs> you, you just can't but laugh and smile with that. You know, I'd love to order some Meals on Heels myself, to be honest with you. I'm not quite sure who I'd expect to be showing up, but nonetheless, brilliant yeah. idea. How many drag acts have you got in Woodstock? Probably more than you think. More than you think, actually. And, and I think actually everywhere there's more than one thinks, and you'd be surprised. I think, you know, more and more so, People are being more comfortable with themselves, and yeah, Woodstock's definitely uh, quite a liberal area. So, um, you know, people feel free to dress as they feel. You know. Oh, yeah. So, very, very excited to introduce our guests there and shaken and stirred. Now, these are two people who I have not actually met in person, which for some reason is somewhat unusual for me on my podcast. I don't know why, but I've had a, a, a lot of people on that. I've either worked with or I've done something with or known, but you are two people who I actually just admire. As a result, wanted to know you, wanted to meet you. I kept hearing about you. So before I you know, make the introduction, let me just do a little intro here. Our guests today are truly a Renaissance couple. They're DJs, which probably gives it away already. Influencers, beauty experts, okay, the list goes on and on. Entrepreneurs, authors, TV hosts, curators, fitness gurus, and wow. currently working, I know, wow, wow. It sounds a lot, right? Does, but the yeah. thing is, it's actually more, which is just annoying. I just stopped. They're working on their greatest joint project ever, their first child, which is amazing. Please welcome Hannah Bronfman and Brenda Fallis to Shaken and Stirred. Nice to meet you guys. Meet you too. So are we the first people on this that you've never personally met? That we've have had, I think, two other people out of maybe right. 40 guests that I have not met before. Well, thank you so much yeah, for, having for having us. us. Yeah, we're so looking forward to this. 
Well, us too. So what are you drinking, first of all? Well, my pregnant wife is drinking a... Yeah, I'm having sparkling water, which with actually without any sort of accoutrement, there's no lemon or lime. It's just straight up water. So a little boring today, but... Would expect no less, would expect no less. Although my mother used to drink Guinness when she was pregnant with me. Um, and by all accounts, that accounts for the fact that I'm about six inches bigger than any of my siblings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think I've been slightly intoxicated my entire life. But, you know, That's so funny. Well, I've never been a, a beer drinker, so I don't think I'm going to take up the Guinness j- just now. Yeah. But maybe that's good to know for future you babies. You have a weird craving. Yeah, you never know. Well, apparently with the breastfeeding as well, it helps. It helps. Oh, really? baby. But we're not allowed to say things like that. Very unhealthy, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brendan, what are you drinking? I'm about to, uh, I just cracked a beer because it was quick and easy. But uh, I'm about to get into a bit of a Grey Goose cocktail here. Wow, look at you. I love the chaser. It's five it's o'clock seven. somewhere, right? Yeah, it is. It's literally five o'clock somewhere. And are you, Tom, is he the first person to ever actually have two drinks? You are the first. There we go. There's another. There's another first. I'm just intrigued to know what you're going to do with that great goose. You're literally just going to go. Well, you and me both, Tom. It came with. Let me just tell you because it came with a whole kit, which has. Are those lychees? Some lychees. Ooh. And uh, this bottle of. Chambord. So my cocktail is going to be quite nice. <laughs> just like you know. you're going to make like a nutty. <laughs> uh, lychee vodka so we're talking like it's going to be a bit of an asian twisty kind of thing is that what's happening also has i don't even know what this is okay. oh a honey juice a honeydew juice yeah like a honey deuce yeah before we came on i was talking about this nightclub in <laughs> um, san francisco that's doing something called meals on heels where oh, they're having oh, this oh, wow. drag queens delivering food right and it's a great idea I love it, but I was wondering, where did you get that delivered from? You're saying it all came together. Who delivers all that in one package? So this is going to, yeah, unfortunately fall into part of our conversation, but I'm doing a bit of an activation for the U.S. Open, and no one's going to the U.S. Open. So to watch the U.S. Open on Monday, I'm creating a cocktail, and that kit was prepared for me to create this fantastic cocktail, which I currently don't know what it's called, but I will know by Monday. I was going to say, you will know by the end of the show. Are we going to help name this cocktail? I'm not yet joint effort. By the way, I'm, I'm hearing this all for the first time as well. Yeah. So it's... All she knows is she came to Prospect Park into the middle of the park to pick up a kit yes. on the way here yes. by foot. It was, it very was not delivered by a chic drag queen. That is true. Yeah, I mean, if it's strong enough, it could be... You, is it, are you naming it yourself? I mean, you could come up with anything like the open closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the open closed. I like that. The open and closed, hole in one. Yeah, the hole in one. <laughs> so, how did you guys? How did you guys meet? First of all, well, actually, before we get to where you, how you met, how are you doing right now? I know that Hannah, you're pregnant. You know, you guys are expecting your first child. It's, I know, my wife and I have said to look at each other multiple times, and we've got two kids, and sort of thought to ourselves, and I don't mean to put it down on anything, but sort of like, goodness, thank goodness, our kids are this age, or how tough would it be if? So how are you coping? And you see on Instagram to be doing pretty well. So I'd love to know, really. We're saying the same thing about you already have kids who are living through this. We're like, thank God we don't have kids who are living through this yet. We're just on the early side of it. And what a beautiful time to be pregnant together because we get to spend all the time together. Usually we travel once or twice a week, whether together or separately. So we've had the pleasure of spending over 200 days now together. And it's been glorious. So that's a nod to ourselves for finding 
the right partner, I believe. Yeah. Honestly, I found out that I was pregnant a week before we went into, you know, a global lockdown. And <laughs> I have to say, it feels weird because obviously the, the, the weight of the world and the the price at which the whole kind of world was suffering, I felt very lucky to go through my first trimester in my own bed every single night um, because my lifestyle prior, and routine. yeah, because my lifestyle prior to um, going into a quarantine was really hectic. So, you know, I knew that I would, I would need to slow down being pregnant, but then obviously with outside help, you know, I really was forced to slow down and it was really welcomed and it was um, less stressful, less stressful, quite in an odd way. Yes. Obviously a stressful time for many, but a lot of our stresses we assumed would come from deciding whether or not we should go take this job because we don't have a fixed salary. We just earn what we kill. So but you have to decide, like, should I go overnight to Dubai, right. you know, or should I not? And if the check's good enough, like, you'll probably be there. And those kind of things, you know, obviously great problems to have, but decisions we didn't have to make and could really be together and, and grow through this time. And luckily, and luckily our, all of our family collectively um, was safe and fine through the, through the pandemic. So that added um, another layer of, you know, just a little bit more calm and a little bit more normalcy during a very hectic, scary, uncertain time. I totally get the kind of the, the enforced, you know, being together and not have not having to make decisions on jobs. But um, I'd hate to be the bearer of kind of maybe unusual news. Well, once once that baby arrives, those, yeah. <laughs> those questions are going to get even tougher. I would have thought. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, we're we're well aware. But what the. I think what the good, well, I mean, well aware in theory, you yeah. know, not in practice. Um, yeah. But what uh, I think this did for us was, you know, DJing was one of those things that took us places the most. And that has fallen, I mean, basically down the drain, obviously. So now we just had to pivot kind of what we're doing anyway. So it was kind of forced getting ahead of the problem we might have, which is now we're able to kind of figure out new ways to monetize the brands we've built without traveling. Yeah. And content obviously is like a a huge part of, of what we do. And now, you know, as someone who's in the wellness world and kind of lifestyle, you know, now mommy is like a whole other crazy category that I'm just starting to wrap my head around. And so it'll be really interesting kind of taking on new challenges and bringing my audience along for the ride. I mean, but yeah, it's definitely going to present a, a new set of yeah. yeah surprises delightful surprises <laughs> <laughs> but it so. seems like you, you go through them very very easily I mean watching you and, and, I, and this is one of those funny things because there aren't that many people where I can really say watching you you know but because there are because you know this is in some respects is a sort of a, a new a new thing a new sort of aspect I mean there are obviously other influences a lot of people who live their lives through social media but the two of you have done it in such a sort of an interesting and unusual way and a cool way. And I feel I felt very like I was looking watching you in your home. I was watching you talk about just moving in. I thought you you're talking about your diet, what you're eating, and you're the, you're very very conversational about the the way you do it. And I, I'm sort of wondering like whether it's actually cathartic for you to do it. Like, are you talking to a large group? It's not like it doesn't seem like you're just doing it you know, in order to be an influencer or whatever. It's almost as if you're, this is a part, they're like an extended family. Like you were talking to me. 
Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I've never, I never thought about it. I like know, that. neither did I. Um, neither have I. But it's funny because I've always kind of been my my friend group's person. Um, they're like go to in like the health and wellness world. Um, people, even when I was in college, like a lot of my friends from out of town, because I'm born and raised in New York and I went to school, not so far, just in upstate New York. A lot of friends would ask me about, you know, who my dentist was or who I could, who could go get acupuncture where. So I've always kind of had this conversational wellness kind of like vibe about me. And I, and I, I, I don't know, I guess I've just continued to think about my audience as my extended community. And I kind of, I, I built a a platform called HB fit and it's a, a wellness media brand that is for millennial women to kind of navigate all the trends within wellness. And our voice of HB fit is very much like we are your, yeah, we're your best friend who knows it all. And we're kind of cutting through the bullshit and letting you know what you should actually try and what you should give your time to, et cetera. So isn't there nothing worse than a best friend who knows it all? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why Tom has sort of hates me and I hate him because we both think we know it's all. You know? Yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting, like when story feature came out on Instagram, like I remember saying to Hannah, like, we gotta learn how to talk to this thing and pretend remember we were living on ninth and it was like a, a struggle for me because I was like, how can I like pretend I'm talking to this thing that doesn't exist, but there's people on the other side, but I need to get comfortable with it because this is really the future of where we're going. And well, we like, we start to kind of train ourselves to do it. And then the interesting thing. Let's which, not forget that I was like deep on Snapchat before. Yeah, well, same thing. Snapchat. But clearly she was an expert. You were struggling with it. Yeah, I'm just. She's actually very, very good and natural. I actually quite like how uncomfortable you are with it. And I watched you get into your elevator when you were going into a new apartment. And I, I felt sorry for you. I, but it, you drove me, you brought me with you. I was like, <laughs> I'm that guy. I would be awkward, uncomfortable, and saying, why am I doing this? But still yeah. doing it. And I yeah. watched you, but I, I continue to watch you because I loved it. So there you it's go. Funny, because he's more just effortless in front of the camera, I think, than even I am. Like, Yeah, you're really planned. I wouldn't say I'm planned, but I would just say that you, like, your intros and outros, they just flow, like, yeah, so Yeah, I'm more of a one-taker. Yes, you're a one-taker. I yeah. like to have a few takes. Really? That's interesting. Not in, like, my daily stories, just, like, if I have something really important that I want to say, which over the last couple of months, there have been several moments where I've felt like there are very important things to be said, specifically from my point of view. And I want to make sure that those deliveries, whether I'm talking about voter suppression or social justice or whatever it is, that that delivery is on point. And so sometimes I do need to... So you're saying I'm not talking about important things. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I love your workout videos. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I also agree. I'm not really... Your car reviews are seamless. <laughs> yeah, my okay. car reviews are seamless. One take. One take. But no, back back to that original point, though. I think one of the gratifying things of realizing that you are seemingly talking to people and they feel like they're related is people will literally stop us on the street and think they're friends of ours. Yeah. You know, and they'll is- just be talking about like, oh, this thing, you know, it was so cool. when you, Oh, like, and they'll give you a hug and just keep moving. You're like, oh, that was really special. Like, the moments are really cool. And it's just kind of reaffirming that you're doing it 
and people are like really responding, responding yeah. to it well. I, I get it. it. It's 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 certainly very now, and it's very you know very good at it, and it's potentially lucrative, and when you can when people can hear you, listen to you, trust you, but it's also just from my own experience can be quite stressful. Can also open that can of worms where, especially now as you're having a baby, does it? Do people now not have no boundaries? They're coming oh. up to you. They know you. You know, like I remember having when my kids were little multiple times when people will come up and I would have like my daughter around my, you know, around my shoulders, I'd holding my son and, and someone would come up and say, can I have a photograph? And yeah, you're yeah. like, well, not now. And they get quite upset, you know? And so you're opening, there's a sort of can of worms situation that you perhaps, you know, when you first did it, were, you know, it was all fun and games. And now it's sort of like, you know, you know you're married, you've got kids, you're about to have kids. It's like, and you're still in it. Do you see an end to it or do you just going to let, let it go? I mean, I think for us, it's a little different because you were put in it by way of what you did. We're put in like a celebrity category, being on TV. Us, we haven't hit that. Not like it might be something we might do or not, but we haven't experienced that yet. And I think the path we're going right now is pretty like no one really ever asked for photos, never really has. You know, it's not like odd times, but most times people are just like happy to see you and like, we were walking to get coffee. Says, people were like, oh my God, congrats. And like at dinner last night, someone says congrats and just keeps walking, but it's not interruptive in that way. Hannah, is this true for you as well? Or is this just the Brendan thing? No, no, it is true. I was going to say... Yeah, yeah you're like, again, back to no, your no. small world. Let's talk about no, the bigger one. No, I was going to say um, that during my book tour last year, it was like the one time actually in my life that I, I really experienced kind of what you're talking about. But that was really, you know. Because people would line up and yeah, came there for a purpose. Came for a purpose, came to listen. Had um, a story to share. Had a story to share. We would take the photos. And, and, and that was a really awesome experience because for the first time in my life, I got to kind of go around the country and meet people who were just so... Um, like so many beautiful, amazing, diverse women who just care about the same things. And that was really awesome. But that it that was kind of an isolated thing that actually hasn't really carried over to kind of Brendan's point. We um, after appearing on Shaken and Stirred, your careers are going to absolutely skyrocket. In fact, in fact, Tom can hardly walk through uh, Merris Court, the little town he lives in in Oxford, without getting inundated. I mean, little old ladies you know, gardeners, all kinds of people come up. To I'm sure dachshunds maybe are trying to get, <laughs> yeah. get a look at you. Dachshunds. Yeah, I feel like dachshunds are such an English dog, no? I think the German dog, but, we, but we'll take them. We'll take them. Although I did see a dachshund on my farm today, so I'll give you that. <laughs> there you go. He might have seen you, Tom. Tom, he might have seen you. Anyway, to, the, to, our, to that point, I think we still um, have been able to, like, maintain a, a very you know, kind of normal life and, and then and COVID. Much- and so like now things are so different. And I think people are, even people we know are, don't, are, don't say- even know how to say hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Just the last point on this, like you're sharing a lot and people think you're sharing so much, but if you put the time of all the things you shared together in that day, just in like your story on Instagram, whatever, it's like five minutes of your entire, like, it's not, Yeah, that's people true. think they're living every moment with you and like, don't you get sick of sharing your whole day? And it's like, well, we share basically nothing. It's just like, yeah. you, you stir, stitch it together to make it feel cohes- cohesive. Yeah, we kind of, we actually talk about that a lot. Like there's, 
so much that we don't share. And I think that's for us, that's where we are able to draw our own boundaries. Mm-hmm. But people inherently think that we are sharing everything. And I think that just people kind of forget that there is so much, like we're choosing to share what we want to share. And there's so much that we keep to ourselves still. Yeah. I think it's very smart though, what you do and how you share, because it, and then this is not, this is like a lesson for anyone out there who wants to know about how to become an influencer. Really, this is a sort of like a, a masterclass right now, because <laughs> what, I get from what you guys do. And it's interesting because you're absolutely right. Of course, you're not sharing everything. However, what it seems like you've done, because even with myself, if I shut my eyes and just think about you guys for a second and what I know about you, I can think about the house you live in. I can think about where you're on vacation. I can think about what you're eating. I can think about you know what you even look like in a swimsuit pregnant for goodness sakes I know your workout routines I know the the drinks you're drinking I know how you jump into yeah. the water throwing a can and catching it doing all <laughs> kinds of stuff like but it's all bits of the day yeah. and if yeah. you piece it together it feels like I've seen yeah. you from the morning to night and so yeah. as a result people think they've lived your whole life because yeah. they've really been through all aspects of a day that you've shared over a month Mm-hmm. But think about you watch a two hour film and like you can go through someone's whole life in two hours. So like we're trained to think that you're you're just you're seeing the whole picture, but it's all just edited to whoever's discretion, you know? Yeah. But that's how that's again, like what you said. And it's very true. It's like how we separate, you know, we're not on our phones all day and everyone's like, oh, you must just be on this thing all the whole time. It's like, no, you just find opportune moments because it's part of you know, our business at this point. Although we did have to do about seven takes to get that can in the water shot. Not for that live. But that is a bit more on the director and photographer, not the talent. Okay. Okay. Hell yeah. And by the (laughs) way, don't blame the photographer, for God's sakes. Thank you. Being the photographer myself. Although I tried to do a TikTok with my daughter the other day and it literally having 10 takes later and my daughter looking at me going, I'm not doing this with you anymore. You're complete, you know, <laughs> openness to this. And I'm like, okay, God, I didn't realize how, how complicated it would be. Yeah. Um, even in some God's sakes. But anyway. Does she, have, does she have moves? Oh, she's got moves like Jagger or moves yeah. like her mother even. Yeah. She, yeah. She's, she's amazing. I mean, she, yeah, she's, as we all parents are, you're besotted with your own kids. And for mm-hmm. everything they pretty much do, you're just sort of like, Wow. You know, <laughs> you can dance. You know, like well, yeah. you know, I've ever seen. Yeah. That's so cute. I love that. Uh, I know it's, it's the best thing ever. Best thing. So talk about this, lovebirds. Look at the two of you smiling. When did you? When did you meet? Tell us about that a little bit. When did you guys first meet? Well, we met in a nightclub in Miami, and that's uh, <laughs> oh, there. Yeah, it is yeah. romance, <laughs> love in the club. We we neither one of us was working. We weren't DJing. We were both separately just patrons of. The Institute of the Night. Right. Very classy way to put the Institute of the Night. Um, That's a first. Sparkling water is hitting right now. I think it's also the British influence. I don't know. Um, And we like to up the ante. Yeah. Yeah. And that was back in 2011. And we kind of just. We both lost our phones that night. And that's a great part of the story, I think, because. Yeah. I mean, I got a phone by 1 p.m. the next day, but Hannah didn't for like three weeks. No, no, six, six weeks. weeks. Yeah, I didn't get a phone for six weeks. So we had to communicate through email and then just meet up. So it was kind of like a bit of an old school courting. You know, she'd just write and be like, we'll meet at 5 p.m. here. And we, uh, you like had to hold up your end of the bargain. Yeah. And it was a good, uh, it added just a different element, which made it. 
and you're probably stuff. asking why I didn't have a phone for six weeks. Well, I was actually broken up with two weeks before I met Brendan. And I felt like it was like a sign from the universe that allowed me to actually enjoy something new without being, you know, caught up with something old and to really have like the space to do that. Um, So this, you know, without having a phone, this guy couldn't contact me. And then he had to work extra hard to contact me. So (laughs) it was really, it was really interesting, actually. You enjoyed the chase, a little bit of an old school chase. Yeah, Yeah, I was coming off a pretty hot streak, so it was nice (laughs) to slow down. He was. He was. Mm. Said like a true Casanova, but we won't go there at this point. Um, Oh, my goodness. But So that's kind of interesting. I guess at what point, though, did you two both decide to, like, take your lives on the road, so to speak, publicly and do this whole influencer thing? You know, obviously, were you were dating at this point. You were like, let's just do it. Yeah, together. Instagram wasn't out yet when we met. I remember saying we should sign up for this like pretty early. And we had we were both DJing already. Hannah had a bit more of a New York profile as it was that she'd been kind of caring for a couple of years. And mine, I was just DJing nightclubs in New York, just kind of a local nightclub DJ. So I didn't really have a lot going on. And then we kind of signed up for Instagram and found manager i found a manager at the time who was just a kid who wanted to get into hospitality pr but was like i want to help a dj and i'd understand what it would do anyway he started giving me press articles and then he started helping hannah and now he's our my business partner both of our managers and that kind of helped elevate our our brand and then instagram just kind of came out and we just started i don't know just getting into it i don't really there wasn't like a like, oh, we because before it was just like artsy pictures, you know, when it first started, it was like, how can you take cool photos? And Facebook was like groups, of, like post photos with your friends. Twitter was like, say something funny. And Instagram was like, how can you do a cool artsy photo? So it was just like kind of trying to take cool photos, but then it started becoming a tool. Yeah. And I remember like shortly after we met, I started my first startup and you connected me with my co-founder who was your old neighbor. Correct. And I think we may have like kind of crossed path during that time or something, but I, you and yeah, Nigel and I, but, um, but like, yeah, through, through, like, like through, was I he getting like, a facial? No, like through like Frederick for Kai, like he, Frederick was a, a big, him and Trin were like big proponents of, of it. And they were one of our first big um, salons to get on board. And, and so anyway, so through Beautified, which was a way to book last minute, like beauty appointments beauty. through a list of salons and spas. <laughs> I was there for the era, by the way. Curated list of Curated list of beauty appointments through salon and spas. Anyway, um, so because of that, that kind of got me really immersed into the whole like beauty world and network. And then as my kind of like profile was growing as like an entrepreneur and as this like, I don't know, that was like the days of you know, New York, like it girls type thing. I was also part of this, like not a, we weren't a group of female DJs, but there was a group of about eight female DJs who were everyone's Good like ev- every corporate fashion gigs go to hire. It was me, Alexandra Richards, uh, Harley Bear Newton, whatever. So, yeah. Like it just, it was just like a, it, it was a small group of, of girls. And so we kind of then were running this like, 
corporate circuit of like fashion stuff. And then my day job was, you know, in the beauty world doing this app. And, and then when that kind of, I had a falling out with a co-founder, not the co-founder that Brennan put me in touch with, but she and I had a male counterpart and that kind of went south. And when that went south, I realized that I had been talking about wellness on Instagram just casually um, showcasing kind of my lifestyle. That's when I really was on a whole road to like my own self-exploration. And I was just sharing all the things I was learning. And I realized that this was a community that really cared about what I was talking about. And that's when, when Beautified was kind of sinking, that's when I decided to like really hone in on what was happening on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. You mentioned obviously Frederick Fikai and, and, you know, we worked with Frederick on, on Top Model, but also on The Face, which is a show I did with Naomi Campbell. But I came across, at least I first realized you and talked about you when we were, we, we, I helped found a, a gym in New York City, which I'm one of the owners of called The Dog Pound. Dog Pound. Right. And, and I, so you, you came to, to my knowledge at that point where I really yeah. started to pay attention to all the people in the space that were sort of doing the wellness fitness thing and doing it really well and uniquely and differently. And so that's where I started watching and following along with both of you guys and what you were cool. doing and the rest of it. And you, you got onto my radar, but I, I found it fascinating really just how you had, you really took the space and turned it on its head in a way, because the way you communicate to people, it's a very, very personal story. And, and it's and it's very relatable and you don't kind of, I don't know, for me, the, the, all the edges, a lot of the edges are still there, which I like, because it, oftentimes, you know, you, you, you hear things, you listen to things, but it doesn't seem like it could be you or you could relate to it or you could do yeah. anything with it. It's just sort of information. But with, when I'm listening to you, I, I feel like you're actually doing what you're saying and living it and, and being it. It's not always perfect, despite the yeah. fact you have a very lovely life. So... <laughs> No, I think that's a lot of our thing is like, we want it to feel accessible and achievable. And, you know, my hustle has always been on like, just getting, it's like, it, you can do it, you know, like it's on, it's, it's on us to all do it. And I think that's what we try and get across is like, we both come from very different backgrounds, but we're both trying to achieve the same things. And like, you know, we try and be relatable in the fact that like, this is, you know, it can happen to anyone. You can follow your dream and quit your job and move to New York and do this. If you want, you know, people write me all the time, like your story inspired me. I'm going to quit my job, move to New York. I'm like, I mean, cool. I hope so. But like own it. If you're coming, you know, like it's not an easy city. 90% of the people I met when I moved here aren't here anymore, you know, but like, if you want to follow the dream, absolutely follow yeah. it. Like life's kind of too short to get stuck up yeah, and, and where you are. But. I think Brendan mentioned, like we're from two completely different backgrounds, but, but we both, truly believe that execution is one of the only ways to survive in New York and that it's not enough to just, it's absolutely not enough to talk the talk, but you have to walk the walk. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that we really do have in common in both kind of our, our hustles. Mm -hmm. I used to always, you know, sort of joke or even laugh about the fact that, you know, almost all millennials seem to be a DJ. Uh, at least that, that was like the, the ambition was like DJing was like, I'm going to make a living being a DJ. And you'd yeah. always like, you know, like, that's not a job. But I would laugh and people would say, well, you're a photographer. That's not a job. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, no, and, and then everyone's like, well, there's so many photographers. And people are always like, there's so many DJs. I'm like, that's great. The more the merrier because it allows you to go to the top. Well, people will remain in the middle and bottom. Like it's on you to own it, you know? And I think the photography thing is so interesting because it's, it's 
so much the same. Like people don't respect it unless they understand it. And they don't understand how you can make a career out of it. Like, oh, you take pictures. Like if you're sitting at a table of all like Bankers finance people, whatever, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm a DJ. Just and at my like, home, you- that happens. It's just my family. I mean, they still wonder what I'm doing. But everyone's like, are you Calvin Harris? I'm like, no, I'm not. It's, I, I wish. I don't yeah. make even close to as much money as him or have success like that. But I'm super happy with what I do. And it's an art. And, you know, I've learned how to make it a business and create a passion into a business. And just like you have, it's, it's so, you know, hats off. It's, it's so rare. There's so many people who dream to be a photographer, dream to leverage that into like a bigger business, to a television, to a podcast, you know, all these things which are completely possible, but it just takes drive, passion and, and follow through, you know, and a lot of people don't have it. Mm-hmm. How does the music bring you guys together? Is that, is that something you share? Do you talk music? Do you get into yeah. music? I would say now, I mean, we just drove out here and we listened to like two songs in four hours. Just probably like you look at your camera and you're like, not today. I just don't well, want to touch this thing. You know, it's like. Well, that's just also because on our drives, Brendan really likes to take the time to catch call, up people. call people and catch up, which I really admire. Brendan's really good at staying in touch with all of his friends. And so we use most car rides for, for <laughs> phone calls. But it's funny, though. I come from a very <clears throat> musically inclined family. And I do not. Brendan doesn't. And I kind of pride my, I'm the only person in my family who doesn't have a musical talent. I consider DJing my contribution to the music industry very different than my father, my mother, my sister, my brother, who are, you know, producer, songwriters, Broadway actress, but like the whole thing. And I pride myself on my music history and knowledge and I can't even remember a song lyric. Yeah, Brendan like doesn't know song lyrics, but he knows. I just like, I, I know phonics, so I can only hear sounds. So my actually singing is amazing because <laughs> it's just jumble jargon. But I think it's the words, and it's actually really hilarious. It's really cute. Um, yeah. But we we actually have the same taste in music. Yeah, exactly the same. Which so is crazy. yeah, which is really weird. But we love that because it's always like. I, I, like if I wake up on a Saturday morning and he's putting something on to like set a vibe, like it's always a great vibe. Like I'm totally into it. And I think vice versa. Mm-hmm. And we do and talk. And if you find new music. Yeah. Either of us are probably like, oh, this is great. Like the. And you'll share it with me. Yeah. Here. There's a rare time I've been like, I actually don't like this. I think I don't really remember any songs. But, that's but you can't like all the same music, surely. I mean, I, my wife and I have a very similar taste, but then there's kind of, it's not that I don't like it, but, but for example... I mean, oh, there's, there's some, definitely, yeah, yeah. no, no, there's definitely like... 100%. You know, there's a, a, a bit of an age gap between us, not large, but what Brendan was listening to like in oh, high yeah. school is not my vibe. Sometimes <laughs> when my friends will be like having a fire in the winter at a house and we'll go like down the high school nostalgia route with like a lot of drinks in us listening to like, you know, I'd live like all weird old Pearl Jam, like all just. No, not ter- for me. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to bed. This is yeah. horrible. <laughs> and we're like dancing on the fireplace, like screaming, just loving life. It's just horrible. Yeah. 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 So, um, but then I know everything from your era, so it works out well for me. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I mean, my wife will put on the steely Dan and, Sometimes they're sort of Grateful Dead and, you know, I, I'm okay with some of it. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, kind of all sounds the same. And I'm like, God, oh, that sounds terrible to say that. We're not deadheads, thank God. And I'm definitely not a fish person. No. Oh. Right. Well, see, my wife loves all of that. 
but other yeah. stuff too, but that's a big part of her. She used to go to concerts and all nine yards, you know, and she's dragged me to a few of them too. And I'm, I'm there like yeah. fish out of water. They're like, where's my camera? At least I should do take yeah. pictures or something. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. I know a little bit about some of the music that Brendan grew up with just because I have an older brother and sister who very much educated me on their music growing up. Like, Doesn't mean you like it, though. Doesn't mean I like it. Like, the, I mean, I do love Elvis, Elvis Costello, but, like, the No Effects, the Real Big Fish. Like, my oh, brother was man. really into ska, so, like, I, I, I grew up listening to all that. He was in a ska band. I mean... I love ska. That's great. <laughs> It's amazing. There's a time and a place for it, for sure. Time and a place for everything, right? I mean, yeah. you know, for sure. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys do to theme your days, but I'm like a Sunday morning, you know, I, I actually will put on, you know, sort of, I don't know, Duke Ellington or, you know, something like that, very kind of classic. And then yeah. on Saturday morning, though, I'll put on like reggae, Bob Marley or, and, and you know, Yellow Man. And, you yeah, know, we can hang out. We're doing well. We yeah. can come over Saturday. We can... Roll into the afternoon with a French soundtrack and some rosé. I know it didn't you know? sound like it, but Brendan's also a really great bartender. I don't know, if, like from earlier, like with his random mix of ingredients, <laughs> I don't know where he was going with that. But Brendan is also, uh, he can make some great cocktails, so we can add that into the mix for our hangouts. Clearly, I, you know, we may have to have you do some special cocktails for us. We didn't even tell you what we're drinking because we normally talk about that earlier, but um, I'm actually drinking cucumber, basil um, with moonshine and uh, really a sort of a club soda type of thing. It's one of the, yeah, it's rather, rather delicious. It's mixed with something called a spindrift. I'm not sure if you know it. Oh, yeah. Really delicious. Is that like a Hudson Valley moonshine or what's? It's called Luna and and it is um, made in the the New York area, but it's, yeah, I just, just got it recently and it's very delicious, very kind of, you know, charcoal-y. You may have noticed Tom's picking up a mug in his hand. It's not because he's drinking tea. Uh, rather, what are you drinking, Tom? A hot toddy. Yeah, you're obviously spot on. Like, yeah, it's, it's not that warm in England. It's a bit miserable. <laughs> yeah. I lit a fire tonight for the first time this summer. Wow. Oh, wow. And I'm also not, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the kind of damp and I'm feeling a bit like, a bit like, yes. <laughs> I also see a guitar and a piano behind you. What about the picture of me? Oh, is that? And is that a letter opener wait, or a knife? Wait. What are you, in mail or are you going to kill someone? I'm just, <laughs> yes, that's guitar and piano. I am a musician. And he has my pictures on the piano so he can get inspired by me. <laughs> Amazing. Wait, Tom, you're a musician. I'm a musician, yeah. What's your musical choice? Uh, bluegrass, flat pick guitar, flat band, or have a banjo. Oh my right. God. My little brother plays the banjo. Does he? He also speaks Latin, so. Mm, he does. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's probably the same as me saying I, I also play a bit of classical guitar. So you play a five-string banjo and play a bit of classical guitar. There is no, I mean, it's, there is <laughs> no correlation. Yeah. Apart from the string bit, that's yeah. about it. I was thinking we could come up and celebrate post-baby, have a cocktail in Woodstock, and maybe it might be the anniversary of a very special day Hannah had in Woodstock. What are you talking about? Where she what are you talking about? tattooed your head. Oh, my God. So Woodstock's a very special place for Hannah because she has a full head tat. The whole side of her head, I've never seen, never hoping to see it, but happened in Woodstock. I didn't know we were going. A local tattoo artist. It's just a great piece of info (laughs) that I thought these men should know. Fantastic. You should come to Woodstock. In fact, let's make it a date. You're going to come to Woodstock. We're going to shave your head and we're going to reveal (laughs) the tattoo. Um, And look, I I know what I'm doing when it comes to shaving head. 
get I think you should get a tattoo night, one of those Tyson ones. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> the one that comes off your head and your face. <laughs> That's almost what she has. No, 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 no. Her stops at the hairline. Mine is perfectly hidden. I'm Jewish. I was so scared about my family finding out. And I wanted, it's the only tattoo I have. So you can't, you know, you can't even tell that I have a tattoo because it's hidden by my hair. It was, I was 20 years old. I was, you know. Seven hours, side of your head, first tattoo. First and only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> it's more like, hey, wow. It's now closed, by the way. <laughs> She's out of business. <laughs> is it really? Because there is one. There is one tattoo uh, parlor in, as you as you enter Woodstock, and oh. it's been there forever. It's oh, on the left hand side. It's the same one. It does sort of close down periodically. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> but <laughs> if you're walking with your kids, go in and look at the binder. I'm sure we can find oh my God, it's your photos definitely in the binder. In the binder. It's yeah. definitely a big piece for them. I'm going to have to go in there and, and sort of screenshot it and use it as a selling <laughs> point for this podcast. I think the reveal is real. Oh my God. I can send you a photo just if we want to flip that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we need it all. I need all the ammunition I can get. Yeah. If you're looking to change your diet instead of restricting what you eat, what if you nourish your body with the healthiest and most nutritious food? With Sakara, you're putting the best in your body so you can feel your best. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients, and they're designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. Along with delicious meals, Sakara also has daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. To boost results, Try the best-selling Metabolism Super Powder, an all-natural remedy for bloating, weight gain, and fatigue. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash shaken or enter code shaken at checkout. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash shaken. To get 20% off your first order, sakara.com slash shaken. So you guys, you know, you, you talk about, you know, you obviously DJs, worked at nightclubs, but you moved out of that and you kind of got into the corporate world and you create soundtracks for various campaigns and all the rest of it. I mean, the list of people you've worked with from literally from Balma to Taco Bell, uh, it's quite dramatic as far yeah. as you know, uh, well, how does no that shame in this game. No shame in this game. Yeah. <laughs> how do you do that? What does it mean? What do you do? What what does it mean when Taco Bell comes to you and says we need music? What are you going to mix for them versus like Alman? What where do you start? You're probably just playing a corporate event at that point. So you you know we're just providing a soundtrack for partygoers. Sometimes those events are really big and you're on stage and there's actually people partying. Other times. It's most of the events you've probably been to in New York, which you don't even realize there's a DJ and you're just drinking champagne and you might tap your foot a couple of times when you're like, oh, is this, I kind of like that song. And then you're back to your conversation. That's majority of our lives. It's not, as I say, we're like just glorified bartenders a lot of the time. And then you have to build your brand to mean something, which would allow you to be hired for bigger gigs. But a lot of the times when we were starting, Mm -hmm. it was just, you know, you're in a corner playing some music and trying to leverage that relationship. Like the whole way 
we kind I of build. Like, I think you're underplaying. I think you're underplaying your value, to be honest with you. I, I, I mean, I love the modest humility and all the rest. But I'll be honest with you. First of all, music plays a large part in what I do, right? And whether you're making a television show or you're doing any kind of TV commercial or anything, without the music, I mean, before you even look, you hear and, and, you, and you hear and the nostalgia that comes with music and, you know, the, the, the tone that you set, you know, the, the way you can actually drive people to want to even buy a drink or have a drink or hang out. The music isn't good. They're not hanging out and drinking. They're gone. Yeah. Right. So it depends on you guys producing the sound and the music and, and the, the vibe. We've had, you know, back going back to the dog pound. One of the things that we did early on was have DJs come to the gym and spin yeah. in the gym because what, you know, most people go to a gym, put their headphones on, and then it's like they're by themselves in their own little world. But that's not a community. Yeah. So by taking, by having the DJ in the gym, no one listens to their music in their headphones. You're all in it together. And all of a sudden, you're in a rave situation, but in a gym. And my God, it's so good. Ah, it's like, you know. It's, you know that you mentioned even like a rave. Like I've DJed every, I've done like silent discos. <laughs> I've, you know, I've DJed a yoga class in Columbus Circle. Yeah, I've also. My my big final drop of song was the Shavasana. You know, like everyone laid down and went to sleep when I played my final track. I was like, oh, that was really (laughs) incredible. And then I've I've done random things like create eight hour playlists for a Samsung store just to like be playing in the actual location for, you know, three months on end. And I did and photo shoots. Yeah. Like live well, yeah. DJ and photo shoots. You did, did film with Annie Leibowitz. Yeah, no? with Annie Leibowitz for um, Kate, Kate Upton. Kate Upton's cover. Yeah. And then I've done really cool things like open for Sierra and Can for Spotify. You know, it's just the range in which we work in the corporate world is so vast. And like, um, and like the things that just like, I ended up in Paris and knew Travis Scott through another kid and he has DJed in shop. So I've DJed his whole show on stage just weird yeah do you ever talk about uh, wellness and mental wellness and music yeah Mm, yeah very much very connected and meditation music and meditation is so important together now and it can just like totally zen you out in a full vibe and yeah and and music's just such a good escape like whether you're running whether you're yeah workout playlists making workout you know finding your energy through music is so important yeah Obvious question, but you probably never mixed bluegrass before, have you? Only with classical guitar, and it was really weird. It drove me to drink hot toddies full time. No, I'm not really playing a lot of bluegrass or corporate clients, but (laughs) I do enjoy bluegrass, though. My dad loves bluegrass. The town I'm from has a woodworking festival, actually. (laughs) It's called the uh, Welbeck Durham Woodworking Festival, and there's a very heavy bluegrass presence there every year. So I really grew up with it. They, They got the bucket with the string and the yeah they go crazy my wife is from alabama and we got married um in near mobile and near fairhope um which is where wow. she's from uh tom was there and actually we went to a bar a judge roy beans where literally people were the, the woman playing was pregnant had a <laughs> a bucket with a, with a pole sitting out with yeah, strings you know, missing that's... several teeth and was actually a great dancer but um I'm not sure whatever happened that night, Tom. I forget what, how what, what happened. She, we, we were sitting there staring at this. She was unbelievably beautiful girl playing this upturned bark with a pole and a streak. And then at a certain point, she smiled and was completely toothless. 
That's all I remember from that night. That is literally all I can remember. This, this, she was so pretty. She was just such a beautiful girl. She's there playing the thing, you know, radiant yeah. and wild. And it was like, oh my God, how does that work? How do these two? Anyway, I mean, that's... That's why she doesn't sing. She was playing, you know. Oh yeah. my God, wow. Or whistling. Richard, you have taken her to a dentist and... I don't even want to go down this dentist road because I've had really, I've had a lot of teeth, teeth trauma. I got into an accident five years ago and broke my forefront teeth. So it's it was actually been, the day after I proposed to her. Yeah. She, we got obviously pretty drunk. She thought she wasn't going to drink because she had a photo shoot or something at noon the next day. And I was like, okay, you're not going to drink. Sure. Like you don't know it's coming. Obviously we end up getting quite inebriated and she wakes up at 9 a.m. 8 30. And it's like, I got to go to a workout class. I got to sweat this out. I was like, whatever, like, don't do that. I'll make you breakfast. Let's just hang out this morning. She's like, you know me. I know you like you do the same thing. I got to go sweat this out or I'm going to be a mess today. And I was like, you're right. Go gets on a city bike, hits a pothole, cracks her forefront teeth off and then calls me. She's two blocks away. I run over. I'm like, my wife looking really crazy right now. Just like, I think I was just I was like, no take backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think no I was refund. looking. I was looking at my ring. Definitely biking on the bike, and I just I hit a pothole, and I just I went face first. There's some sort of stat about newly engaged women who rear end cars the next day because they're just looking at their ring. And you've never found such. Someone stat. told me that. So yeah, I just, okay. I'm rolling. You've never face. looked it up. <laughs> oh my god, that is the funniest comment, by the way. That is hilarious. I, that it's like it's so beautiful. I can't help it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, yeah. real. ice will do that. Ice will do that. Oh yeah. my god, that is too funny for words. How does how does one even become a DJ? We actually have two very different um, paths of how we both started DJing. I I started DJing because I was in college in a really small town, a town called Tivoli, and there was one pub. And, you know, all of my friends and I were kind of sick of listening to, like, the bar soundtrack. Yeah. And so my friend Henry and I decided we were going to take it upon ourselves. We we bought a mixer and we convinced the, the bar owner to give us a Thursday night. And we threw a party. We tripled his, you know, his income for the night. He said, OK, come back next Thursday night. And that just became our thing and we didn't have turntables or cdjs which is what is like a digital form of a turntable we just had our our mixer so i was solely just mixing songs on this one thing through a laptop through a laptop but i did it consistently for a year before i came home to new york city for the summer and begged my friends who had bars and things like that to let me play and eventually there was a cancellation of a DJ and my friend called me and it was the Jane. It was when the Jane was like, you know, in it's heyday. And we had, I had such a great night playing there and they asked me back and that's how I, that's how I got started, which is very different than how Brendan got started. Which was because I needed to eat a meal because <laughs> I moved to New York for $21,000 a year, huge salary that my friend decided to graciously pay me. And it was obviously tough to live on that. So another friend of mine from Canada was managing a bar called Pop Burger, which you may or may not remember. So I would go in there on Monday nights and he's like, come by, bring your laptop. Let's teach ourselves how to DJ and you can I'll just whatever order whatever we want. So we drink and eat burgers. We all live in the very same world, by the way. So I lived, I live now in Woodstock, which is right close to Tivoli, right? Yeah. And I know Bard. 
I lived in New York on Horatio Street, across the street from the Jane. And my, my, my balcony looks at the Jane Hotel. And I know the owner of Pop Burger. So wow. he's a good friend of mine. So anyway, go back. It's just so funny. You just said like four things, both of you. And I know your world's like, so I'm like, wait a second, guys. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Like, you know Roy, which is great. And then when Hannah and I met, I was living at 46 Horatio. Incredible. I, West Coast is where I live. So yeah, yeah. It's so yeah, funny. Like, That's amazing. So anyway, I was DJing there and then the owner moved me to Friday nights. And then I started opening for Biggie's Notorious B.I.G.'s DJ who was playing and he didn't know how to use Serato, which was the new technology. So he'd be like, can you give me some tips? And I was like, what? You are like the man. And he would refuse to use it. And then just, so I learned some stuff from him and then slowly it just grew. And, and I realized I, I treated it like a business because I was a little older. Most people start DJing when they're like 19, 20 or less, who knows, but I was, you know, I, was, I moved to New York, I was 27, 28. So I printed out business cards, gave one each night to anyone who made requests. And then I'd get the manager's info and then I'd follow up at 9am each day and they wouldn't wake up to like two, obviously they're running bars and they'd be like, Oh my God, you emailed great. This, you know, you were great last night. Cool. When could you come back? And then I just stacked my schedule with like six, seven nights a week. And then eventually through my day job, which was working in fashion, they gave me a job to do a trunk show, which is a jewelry show. And I DJed it and then slowly did a Vogue event. And then, then I just started doing all the Vogue events because they were like, how much do you want? And I was like, I don't know, 500 an hour. And they're like, great. That's three times less than the other guy will take you. I'm like, what? Oh, I should have taken way more money. But then, so I was the guy all the time. I just branded myself as Vogue's official DJ and asked them if I could. And they were like, I don't know, sure, whatever you want. It doesn't matter to us. But that got me a lot of other work. And I just kind of leveraged that. And then, yeah, I, I would say like how you become a DJ is just obviously you're passionate about something like photography, same as music. And then just throw yourself into the fire and just network. Networking in any business, as you would agree the same, like you could be okay or great, but you're going to get way more looks and, and kind of perfect your craft by being in the field and your network will get you there. And if you're not personable, it's probably going to be yeah. pretty tough. And for me, you know, when I was in school and started DJing and then would come back to the city and DJ like, you know, for the summer at these nightclubs, you know, I, I was in school for fine art and then I graduated in 2010, which was pretty much like the height of economic decline. And I had like had worked in PR a little bit growing up in music PR and fashion PR. And I wasn't going to get a corporate job, you know, and I certainly wasn't. I was just trying to figure out how I was going to convince my family to help me out. And they were like, well, if you're you know, if we're going to help you out, like you certainly can't just be like an artist. So, and I was a sculpture major. So they were like, not really into that. So then I had to figure out what I had to do to make money. And DJing was the only skill I had really acquired. And people, even in that time, were definitely down to party. So I, that's when I just kind of went really heavy into all of my contacts and went around and was, and like, you know, got nights at certain nightclubs. And then and then my switch into wellness was really waking up one day and realizing that that lifestyle was super unsustainable for me. Toxic. Toxic. My skin was bad. That, I that was like, my next question is how did yeah. you, because you know, the two don't go together, yeah. like no, DJ totally. nightclubs and, and then all totally. of a sudden healthy lifestyle fitness. It's like, what? I, so I had always, I had grown up as a ballerina in New York city, like just after school, like dancing since I was like six years old. 
I danced in college and I just, I had completely gone away from everything that made me feel strong and healthy. And I I just said to myself, this can't happen. Like I can't go on like this. So I prioritized my health and I moved into the corporate DJ world, which really went from, you know, DJing nightclubs from 12 until 4am to now DJing like a cocktail hour from six to eight. And so it really gave me an opportunity to utilize my day hours and really like take back my, my lifestyle. And that's when I kind of went down this road of self-discovery that I kind of mentioned earlier and then decided that I wanted to start this, you know, beauty app. And that's kind of how that ended up going. But there was two and a half years of excessive partying. (laughs) Cut in your teeth. Yeah. You know, a lot of late nights that that led me to kind of seeing the, the, the wellness light. Yeah. I love the, the two of you finishing each other's sentences and what have you. It's like, it's like when Harry met Sally or something, when the two of you are sitting there, like one of you says one thing, and you, you chime in and end her sentence. And you're looking at each other. I mean, literally, it's, it's, it's comical, but in a beautiful way. Before I let you go, what's next for you guys? I know you've got having a baby. It's such unusual times. Because I, I asked you what's next. It's kind of an obvious question. But in, in this day and age, with so much in flux, things like being an influencer or being a DJ, they don't seem like permanent jobs. They don't seem like a, like, I don't know how many DJs I've met who are sort of 40 plus. I don't know. I, maybe there are, but I can't, I don't know that many. And it's so, and, I, and even influencers, it's sort of, you know, the, social media is something that is so, you know, every, there's some new ones, a yep. TikTok, there's a yeah. this, that. Like, what are you seeing? What, what, where are you think? What are you thinking? I mean, for us, I think we're seeing a lot and we could talk about that for hours of where we think the world is going in this space. But yeah. for us, we're trying to remain, and I hate to use the word authentic because it's so overused, but just, you know, really remain us and not let the outside, you know, whatever, pull us to be something we're not. And we're just trying to own that, stay with it, and then create brands and businesses around, you know, the brand equity we've built and also help other businesses and brands, as I'm sure like you with Dog Pound are able to do, you know, like you're able to insert yourself with other great people who have great ideas and help them by connecting dots, you know, advising them on a company or consulting or however you see fit. But we're, we're really finding a lot of, you know, happiness and joy through, you know, creating networks and, and helping businesses and people's ideas come to life. That's been really fun for us. Mm-hmm. And we've been really focused on that through this whole thing. And it, you know, sometimes is capital intensive, other times is just network intensive. And, you know, you can make things happen pretty quickly and be part of a really cool initiative that's either a business, a charity, all these sorts of things that you can really help move forward. And that's kind of the future of that side of things. And then for ourselves, you know, we're always kind of brainstorming our whole drive out here, you know, as talks about like what we can do when we woke up this morning, it's like, how should, should we get on Patreon? And like, how can we give more info there that's different than what we're doing? And how can we build products for Hannah's business? And should we do an app out of that? Or, you know, like, what, what is the, what does all this lead to? And there's no answer. It's just always, you know, just keep pushing forward and you'll always kind of be somewhere new. Yeah. I launched my first collaboration with a CBD brand called Highline Wellness and it's a CBD bath bomb and it's done really well. It's sold out at the moment, um, which is awesome, but check back soon. <laughs> but that was kind of my first foray into like a real wellness product. And I, I, I really enjoyed 
like R&Ding a product and a go-to-market strategy and just really like creating products that are that genuinely help people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I hope more of that is in my future. Um, And it's not something that I like hope. It's something that I'm going to work really hard towards to make happen. Um, And then, yeah, like content is king, right? So how can we continue to, you know, just share authentically, get, you know, be a part of great initiatives and, um, you know, be on kind of like the right side of, of everything. I think through the pandemic, um, I've seen at least so many influencers who have like really kind of gotten it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which I guess is not, not surprising, especially since we do live in this really intense cancel culture world. But, you know, I think we're really thoughtful and we take a, a level of compassion and also just like a business mindset to the things that we are putting out in the world so that we do have a few more legs to stand on because we don't know what's going to happen or where it's all going to go. Watching you guys from afar, you know, I see, you know, you live a very sort of gracious life, but it's the style in which you're, when the places you're living in, the the things that you're doing, the way that you dress yourselves, the way you talk, the way you move, music, all these things coming together. I, I can't help but think of a, you know, a lifestyle brand, a home line, home collection, you know, how you live, what you live, how do I buy into that? What do I do with that? I mean, that's where I, for me, is, a, is when I'm watching you, I'm like, I would like to know where I get all the things you get. You know, what is the T-shirt you're wearing? Where's the, what's the boat you're on? Where's the hotel you're staying at? That, that whole world. And it's, you know, and you're probably doing it, whether you're doing it consciously or not, you're doing it anyway. But it's, and I have no doubt it is conscious because I know you're both very smart entrepreneurs, but um, it's certainly working. So, you know, good luck with all of that. Look, we've got yeah. Tom back. Tom disappeared, by the way. He right. was, yeah, yeah. all of you out there, you didn't know that Tom disappeared. You made quiet anyway. He's feeling a little under the weather. The letter opener. The letter opener got the best of me. <laughs> yeah. I know. We thought you'd fallen on it. Actually, yeah, his sorry. battery ran out, but that's a very common problem with Tom. But before you, before you guys leave, we'd have a fun thing called Last Orders, uh, which is a sort of rapid-fire question kind of moment. Are you, are you up for that? Yes. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, look, very quickly. In the, I mean, both of you now, each have to answer this. In the movie of your life, who would you like to play you? Take Goswin. I'll take Halle Berry. Yeah, all right, okay. hot couple. Look at that, I know. I, I don't think it could be hotter than you two. Anyway, I will take that. <laughs> Favorite unhealthy meal? Oh, nachos all day. That was really eaters. I just love nachos. That's like <laughs> literally my favorite thing, nachos. I guess like animal fries from In-N-Out. Oh, wow. Right, I know. That's, that's cool. It's in and out is always is a classic. But what are your favorite lyrics of all time? Do you guys have favorite lyrics? Literally don't know any. We already went over this. I know. I but they're not going to be correct, and it's going to be embarrassing, so I'll leave that one, too. I, honestly, what's even coming, this is like so not even really me, but what's coming to my mind oh immediately is just a Jimi Hendrix song, Castles Made of Sand. You know, that, that hook is really beautiful, Castles Made of Sand, Fall in the Sea. Love, love Jimi Hendrix. You probably one of my favorite. Yeah, no, it's, he's, he's an amazing. Yeah, Woodstock might have been his best performance ever. You're just, uh, you tie it back to Woodstock. I get it. You know, I absolutely, yeah. it was the hair. That did yeah. it. it was the right. acid headband. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Aerobics or weights should be easy. Mm, mix. Mix. No, 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 no. Aerobics or <laughs> weights. Not mix. That was not an option. 
we'd like to take the or out and put an and. It's just um, a okay. okay. Switch. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, Perfect, perfect question for you guys. Boy or girl? Both. Yeah. I actually heard about, this is too weird, but I heard about twins who were born five years apart. What? Let that sink in. Yeah, this is... Science, people. Welcome to my life. Weird. Yeah, I'm not sure that's called twins, but that's okay. <laughs> genetically, no, it was an embryo. That, she was in labor for no, five years. It was an embryo that switched because Brendan and I did IVF. So I've heard so many stories about what like things that can happen. And there was I, I heard just the other day about an embryo that split before it was implanted. And so genetically, they are twins. But I, think, I think that's actually called cloning. But anyway, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. a whole different <laughs> thing, you know. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. well, I'm married to an identical twin, by the way. I know that. Yes, I know. She's mm. very flexible. They're both very flexible. Very flexible. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, they're yeah. amazing yoga, gotcha. like amazing yoga um, people. And they have the most beautiful poses that they do together. And they're in the most wild positions. And they're... I mean, the flexibility is, is insane. Contortionist. For some reason, Brendan is going red at this point. I don't even know what's happening. I'm, yeah, where's the page? <laughs> chin twins, everyone. Chin twins. Follow them on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I might as well do a, you know, absolutely hopeless plug on my own show. Um, <laughs> and the last one, shaken and stirred. Shaken or stirred? Shaken. I'm literally stirred Negronis with mezcal all the time lately. No shaken. I miss my shaken margaritas. And something tells me that you are both stirred and shaken as people anyway. Thank you very much for coming on. I look forward to actually entertaining you um, in Woodstock with Baby. Thank you guys so much for having us. This yeah, is this really, is really, really cool. amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. This is this has been Anna Bronfman and Brendan Fowles. Thank you very, very much for coming on Shaken and Stirred. We really, really appreciate it. Good luck with everything you have going on. And of course, the little one. Very, very exciting. Take care. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much for listening. That is Shaken and Stirred. We will be back next week with another podcast and another fantastic guest. And uh, stay safe. See ya.